looking at a passage here in the Gospel of Luke chapter 1. And my heart is full. And those of you who know me would know that means I'm going to cry. Verse 26, you might say, wait a minute, we just finished Christmas. Never. In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. And remember what Jesus means, the salvation of the Lord. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you, so the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who is said to be barren is in her sixth month, for nothing is impossible with God. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me as you have said. Then the angel left her. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judah, where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth, the one who the angel just talked about. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leapt in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored? that the mother of my Lord should come to me. As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord has said to her, what the Lord has said to her will be accomplished. Wow. Wow. All I want to do today is praise God for the babies. And I know that is not an easy task for some of us. This subject is a hard one for us. Some of us can't have babies and we want them. And it's hard. Some of us have had babies die. And just talking about them this much hurts us. Some of us have had abortions. And talking about this hurts us. 
Some of us have grandchildren that were aborted, and it hurts us. There's a lot of pain in this conversation, a lot of sorrow in this conversation, but there is great joy because God loves the babies. He made the babies, all of them, all of them. And what I want us to see this morning is what God says about the babies. And not just the babies that are born. I'm talking the preborn babies. This one who is conceived in you, the angel said, is from the Holy, is conceived of the Holy Spirit. We talk a lot about conception. We talk about life. What you're going to see as I read a couple, of, as we read a couple of verses, and that's what we're going to do. We're going to, we're going to read a few verses that help us see what God thinks about conception and about the baby that's conceived in that mother's womb. He's not silent about it. There's not a verse in the Bible that says abortion is bad. There's not a verse like that. But there are lots of verses that say conception is good. And that what's conceived is known by and made by and loved by God. And, I, and the reason I want us to see it, and some of us some are thinking, I know these verses. Then good, this is a refresher. But the reason I want us to see it, I want us to see that it's in God's word, our maker, our creator, our savior, our sustainer, the author of his book, in his word, he tells us about these things. We've heard in, in recent political campaigns and things like that, we've now heard, now that Roe v. Wade has been overturned, and this is the 50th anniversary this weekend of that, that decision that legalized abortion in America, and so many babies, you know, have been, have been killed because of it. And so on this 50th anniversary, and now that Roe v. Wade is not the law of the land any longer, now it's going to be fought out in political, you know, hallways and dark rooms and all that kind of stuff. It's going to be fought in states and capitals and, and all in the, in the Congress. It's, it's, the fight's on. And we just heard in a recent um, campaign where a fellow pastor of mine who's running for Senate brought God into the, into the argument supporting abortion, saying that God loves it. I want you to see he doesn't. I want you to see what he thinks about the babies. And I'm doing this so that we can glorify God with these lives, our, our babies, even, and, rem- and remember this, even the ones that didn't make it, so to speak. I was, I was looking at a family record of my great, great, great grandfather's family. They had 11 kids. And that's, you know, but then I think, oh, that was, that was back in the 1850s, you know. It would still be 11 kids. And I was looking at the, at the dates of the, of the births. And four of those 11 kids didn't make it to three months old. And the last three didn't. And I was just thinking, oh, what kind of sorrow was in that house? Because I used to think, oh, that was a long time ago. Babies died. They just expected and they just got back up and carried on. That's hard. 
But I want us to remember, the babies didn't make it. According, according to David, King David, when his, when his baby died, he got up and got dressed and washed up and cleaned up. And they were saying, man, he was about to kill himself when the baby was sick. We thought, we thought he'd probably do it. You know, since the baby died, he said, no. He said, I can't. He said, I, my, I can call for my baby. He can't come to me, but I can go to him. Reminding us of God's grace for the babies. But as we think about the babies, I want us to be ready to have conversations with our family members, with our friends about what God says and what God thinks and how God feels about the babies. I want want them to hear from us what God's word says. He's not silent about it. This isn't, this isn't, you know, it is a political issue, but that's not, that's not the basis of it. That's not the foundation. This is an issue of God and, and his creation and how he feels about us. Because remember, we were babies. We, every verse that we're going to read could have been us. Start with Matthew chapter or actually stay with stay in Luke 1 verse 15 This this is uh in Zechariah's bad moment Zechariah the priest Elizabeth's husband who was praying for a baby but apparently didn't believe God could do it We do we pray like that sometimes we can't be too hard on him In verse 14 of Luke I'll set up verse 15 of Luke 1. The angel Gabriel said this to Zechariah as he was bringing the offering at the, in the Holy of Holies. He will be a joy and delight to you. This is speaking, the angel speaking of the baby, speaking of John the Baptist. And many will rejoice because of, him, of his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord he is never to take wine or other fermented drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even in his mother's womb. That's the, that's the literal translation that it says from birth, but even from his mother's womb, he will be filled with the Holy Spirit. That tells you a lot about what was growing in Elizabeth, doesn't it? that he even had the ability by the power of God to be filled with the Holy Spirit in her womb. That's why he leapt for joy even in the womb. And many of you mothers you know, think that your babies leapt for joy at times too or other, purpose, or other times because that, it's, a, it's a rocky road sometimes. But this baby in his mother's womb was already filled with the Holy Spirit because he was one of God's people. He was one of God's creation from conception. Look also, and again, we're, we're going to look at a couple of different verses. I want you to look in your Bibles if you, if you can, if you have the patience to, to keep turning. Matthew chapter 1, verse 20. And coming right after 
this, this um, message coming right after Christmas, we go back to some of these Christmas messages. Verse 20, the angel appearing to Joseph in a dream. But after he, Joseph had considered this, divorcing Mary quietly, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. What is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. The baby Jesus was, was already the baby Jesus. The Son of God, the Son of God in her womb. Conceived as fully man, fully God by the Holy Spirit through the mother, the vessel of Mary, conceived in her. Look with me to a couple of Old Testament passages. Mark read um, the, the most definitive of them all, Psalm 139. But look also in Jeremiah chapter 1. Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 4 to set up verse 5, which will be on the, on the screen. And again, take your time to get to these if you, if you could. I think it's good for us to see it in our Bibles. This is what God says. The word of the Lord came to me saying, this is Jeremiah speaking. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Jeremiah was known by God before his birth. Even when he was still in his mother's womb. Because that little prophet was already a baby. That little prophet was already one of God's because God made him. Look also in the earlier prophet, in the book just before this, Isaiah chapter 44, and then we'll also look at 46. Chapter 44, verse 24. Forty-four, twenty-four. And we read so much of Isaiah during the Christmas season as well. God entered into this world through the womb. Shouldn't surprise us that he has some comments about it. Verse 24, this is what the Lord says. Your Redeemer, who formed you in the womb, I am the Lord who has made all things, who alone stretched out the heavens 
who spread out the earth by myself. And then he goes on to other great things that the Lord has done. But one of the things he says he did to the Israelites, he formed them in the womb. It's no, it's no mistake what he's trying to get through to us. Look also at 46, verse 3, the same prophet, Isaiah 46, verse 3. Listen to me, O house of Jacob, all you who remain of the house of Israel. You whom I have upheld since you were conceived and have carried since your birth. Even to your old age and gray hairs. I'm glad he mentions the other side of this gray hairs. I am he, and and I am he who will sustain you. I have made you, and I will carry you. I will sustain you, and I will rescue you. Since you were conceived. God's not silent about this. A lot of people think he is. We have the opportunity in our sphere of influence. And you know what? You might think, we're not that, you know, there's really huge churches. They have a really big, big influence. I want to tell you something. Think about the sphere of influence that we have right here. Think about the people that we know and that we have conversations with, that we talk to, that we pray for. Students in, your, in our classes, our teams, our locker rooms, work co-workers and neighbors and family members. We have the opportunity through those conversations to talk about life, to talk about new babies, you know, the picture, now, I'm, there was a picture in the newsletter this week. Uh, some of you saw it. If you, if you didn't, I recommend this picture. Um, because th- this was a first, a first, midway event, first midway event of its kind, I think, where two of our babies met in the nursery at the hospital in their little bassinets. Use that picture to talk about babies. And how thankful you are for these these new babies at our church. And as you talk about babies, you can talk to people about how God views these little ones. People need to hear people like us who know what God says about it. They need to hear what we say, what we think about babies. They need to hear it from us. Don't leave it for the evening news for them to find out the truth about babies. Let them find out from people who know. Again, we can tell them the Bible's not silent about this. In fact, it's pretty loud about this. He talks a lot about conception being a beginning point of life. 
right in these verses. And sometimes when people find out that God does talk about this plainly in his word, that'll be enough for them. Others, it won't be. It's not your job to convince them. It's not your job to persuade them. But you can tell them. And then you can do something else that we need to do right now, for, and not just now, but during this season of, of debate and argument and, and politics. We need to be praying. We need to be praying for the hearts of women to come to know the value of the baby in their womb. And that the same God who made them and loves them also loves their baby. And as Mark read the testimony, and and that is one of many testimonies, those of you that know the work of Whispering Hope know that there are lots of great, great stories of, of mothers who were in a desperate way, had every reason by our culture's standards to have an abortion, but didn't. And they were able to overcome all of the things that people don't think they're able to overcome, which is why they have abortions. We can, we can share those stories too. The day before our newest granddaughter was born, my niece and, and uh, nephew-in-law were invited to the delivery room of their new baby by adoption. A lot of people don't know that's available to every single mother who doesn't think they can keep their baby. There are people waiting to care for that baby and love that baby and raise that baby. Every single one of them, without exception. There are people waiting, people praying, people desperately wanting a baby to help take care of that baby if that parent, that mother or mother and father don't think they can take care of it. But those who, who, who don't think they can but want to anyway, there's help for them too. In so many communities, centers like Whispering Hope and the Coming Women's Center are there to help people through the difficulties. Churches like Midway willing to help people through the difficulties. There, there are opportunities that aren't being talked about, that aren't known about. And we can do our part in talking to people and praying for people. It's not a simple issue. It's a, it's a hard issue. But it helps us to know as a, as a starting point, as a foundation, how God feels about the babies. What his desire is for the babies. And if that's the starting point, what did he say to Mary when he talked about Elizabeth who was too old to have a baby? Nothing is impossible with God. Nothing is impossible with God. People need to hear that. People in despair need to hear nothing's impossible for God. You don't think you can do this. You don't think you can provide. You don't, nothing is impossible with God. So let's take advantage of our opportunities. 
to talk to our people, our family, our friends, and to take it to the Lord as well. Pray for the mommies of our country. Pray for the young girls of our country who aren't mommies yet, that they'll find out these things so that if they're ever in a, in a, in a desperate situation, they'll know what God thinks and they'll know there's hope. And the last thing, when we have opportunity, vote for life. It's a very simple thing. Vote for life. It makes a difference. Our country's attitude toward babies is a lot different today because of Roe versus Wade. A lot different than it was back in 1973. Laws and governments make a difference on attitudes. And so vote for life. It will make a difference. It helps. It's not the answer. It's not the only answer. But it helps. It's one thing. It's one more thing that we can do. And I would encourage you with all that I have within me to encourage you. Make that an issue for you when you're voting. Because God loves the babies. All of them. The born ones. The pre-born ones. And thankfully, the ones who grow up too. He loves us. And, and to think about his love for the babies is, is good for us to think about his love for us. His love, I mean, he came through the womb to us for a purpose. Later in, in Matthew chapter 1, in, in Matthew, in Matthew or excuse me, in Joseph's dream, do you remember what the angel said in why he should call him Jesus? Because he will save his people from their sins. And we found out in, this, in our study of the Gospel of Luke, it's not only his people Israel, it's also his people Gentiles. He will save his people from their sins. And he does that. And he does that on days when we focus on babies. Because sometimes these are the days when we're convicted of our sin and realize our need for a Savior and that Jesus will forgive us of any sin that we've ever committed. And all of them, none of our sins are too great. If that's your situation, if you haven't received the Lord Jesus Christ yet, do it today. You've heard about his love. You've heard about his concern. You've heard about his care. He loves you. He's concerned for you. He cares for you. Receive him. His apostle John, his, his buddy John, who was one of his apostles, says in John chapter 1 of his gospel, verse 12, he said, even though most of the people don't receive you, didn't receive you, those who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Every single person who believes in him receives him and become his child. Let's bow together in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, you're amazing in every way. 
But the way you put together our bodies and our families is amazing. Just amazing. I thank you for the the recent experience that I've had just watching and seeing these newborns. And both of our new newborns, Father, from, from Midway, were born early. According to the normal timetable, they should both still be in the womb. And they've proven again these babies are alive in that womb. We thank you for that. And as we thanked you earlier in the service with the children, we thank you for our moms going through what they went through to bring us into this world. Those seven or eight or nine or nine and a half grueling months of carrying us and providing safety for us and nourishment. Thank you for giving them the strength, the love that they had for us to carry us, to deliver us. Some of them may have even died delivering us. Thank you for them. Thank you for their sacrifice. And Father, we pray that you would bring about a a great change in the attitudes of the women and men of our country concerning the babies, concerning pregnancy, concerning conception. Use us in that process, however you would choose. Maybe it's just to to help one person find out who will help one other person find out who will save a life because of it. Help us to be faithful in sharing your word, your love for babies. And how that baby became a baby at conception. Just help us to be bold in our, in our conversations. As we praise you for babies. And for mothers. And for families. And Heavenly Father, we pray for our government. We pray that the, the lawmakers in the national and in state levels, would be affected by the truth of your word. That they would understand that you're very clear in your word about life in the womb and help them to act accordingly. Help them not to wait until it's the most popular opinion among the people. Help them to do the right thing, even if it goes against the grain. Even if it costs them votes, even if it costs them money, help them to do the right thing. Help them to to write good legislation and help them to support good legislation. But Father, most of all, we pray that you would help the moms and dads the young people of America turn to Jesus and help us to be a part of that through our our witness, through our praying, through our giving. We pray that you would do a great 
work of awakening in our country, bringing people to personal faith in Jesus Christ. And that one of the great impacts of that awakening would be the saving of many, many lives from abortion. Father, for those who are struggling through this message this morning, give us grace. Help us recover. Help us to lean on you through the difficult circumstances that we have to navigate. Restore to us the joy of your salvation. Or bring us to that great salvation through your son who came as a baby through the womb to die on the cross for our sins and rise again, giving the promise and hope of life to every person who believes. We pray it in Jesus' name, our Savior. Amen.